Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the West Ham United Bubble UK podcast with myself, Alan Zepa, and my co-host, Pierre McLaughlin. So the first episode, this one, we're going to do a bit more general, a bit uh, about Premier League and stuff like that. From the second one onwards, uh, we're going to get guests in. So the first topic, obviously, what's going on right now? The coronavirus. What are we going to do with the season going forwards? Uh, well, I personally think that the season should be voided. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who are against that, namely Liverpool fans. <laughs> but uh, of course, <laughs> there's a lot of complications with it being voided, of course. Uh, European places, relegation, obviously the playoffs and the championship. But I think at the end of the day, how serious this is and how serious this is getting health comes over football every day. And I think they just have to avoid the season. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, But I just think that it won't be voided because of the things you've mentioned and because how much money there is to lose if the season was voided. Yeah, they have talked about how much the Premier League would owe the broadcasters. I think it was a region of like 700 million, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, so there'd be a lot of uh, money issues, of course. Um, even if they did it behind closed doors, obviously the gate receipts would go down because obviously there's no fans there. Um, obviously a lot of the local businesses lose out the money. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of issues, but I just think at the end of the day, um, health-wise, we've got to think of first. But you can tell it's about money with the Premier League because every other league are starting to avoid their campaigns across Europe, the lower divisions, because Premier League got so much money interest, they've obviously been delaying it, delaying it, and trying to find every sort of way they can to finish the season. Yeah, well, the Bundesliga uh, announced, I think, yesterday that they're going to restart the season. Start from scratch, or just where they left off? Where they left off, yeah. Oh, fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably that was the first thing everyone said was, "I'll oh, just play it behind closed doors." But they forget the fans, of course, a big part of football, and I think that'd be a big loss to um, that. And obviously, with fans comes money, gate receipts, and that again we come to the issue of money. And like I said uh, just a minute ago about the whole uh, the local businesses who gain a lot from matches being on, you know, your local takeaways merchandise, sellers, etc, etc. Behind closed doors, there's no fans to buy the stuff. So there's those problems that need to be considered as well. Yeah, 100%. We have to avoid this season if we want to really take care about the players, about the fans, just generally about the football. I mean, they have talked about, they've had so many different uh, scenarios they've made up. Some of them have been just mind-boggling. Like, I just don't understand them. Some have been you kind of think, oh, yeah, maybe that'll work. Like, there was one, they wanted to do, like, a World Cup-style one. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, they all wanted to get it played in, like, a, a certain area, I think. It, it, the like, Midlands. The Midlands, yeah. Yeah. And they'd all come together. I don't know how that would work in terms of social distance and stuff, because surely they'd all be compact, tight together in, like, hotels and stuff. Like, I don't know. And obviously there's the issue of they're going to be away from their families and stuff. Yeah. Could they travel? There's all these issues. So none of these scenarios they're coming up with 
are 100% clean, and that's why I think at the end of the day, they will avoid it. Whether it's through their own choice, or whether it's through government intervention, I think the season will eventually be voided. There's a lot of things that need to be decided, you know. The yeah. title's basically there, and obviously there's questions whether should we just give it to Liverpool? Personally, I don't think we should. But anyway, and obviously there's other stuff like the European spots, relegation, everything else like that. So there's a lot to be decided, but I don't know, man. It's quite hard. We have like 11 games to go. If it was four games, then okay, do it like World Cup style. Because it's just yeah. four weeks and everyone can do with being four weeks outside of their home. But 11 weeks, that's a bit too much. Especially as they're trying to pack it all in just before we start the the next season. Yeah. And then we've got to look at the issue that the Euros have already been pushed back to next year. And like we'll have to keep pushing and pushing. Like There has to be a point where something needs to be sacrificed. And I think that's going to have to be the rest of the season. Okay. That's, I think, covered. The second question. Obviously, coronavirus. Players are not playing. But their staff has to be paid. Pay cuts. Yep. What's your thoughts on it? Um, well, I think everyone needs to do their bit. This is just more general rather than football. Everyone needs to do their bit in this pandemic. You know, worldwide, everyone's got to do something. Um, those with more money are, of course, expected to do a bit more, which is granted. I don't like how footballers, though, have sort of been targeted in all this like you've got a lot of wealthy people in this world you've got celebrities you've got movie stars you've got musicians no one been at them as much to take pay cuts and stuff footballers from day one people been criticizing them even though they've come out themselves saying they'd be fully prepared to support the nhs etc oh yeah because it's the thing that people think oh footballers they just go out and play football. What's so hard about it? What these people don't understand is the footballers also have their own bills. Yeah. They have to pay the rent. They have families. It, it's not that easy. I think what people also forget is footballers' careers are, what, 15 years? And they're earning, oh, they're yeah. earning a lot of money. It's over a short space of time. Whereas other people earn a lot of money over their whole lives. Yeah. So this money's got to last them for the rest of their life, from the age of about 30 onwards. So, yeah. at the end of the day, these players were fully prepared to support it, and they've already come out, um, the Premier League players, you know, I, think, I can't remember what the campaign was called, but they've come out united to say that they want to help in any way they can, uh, which is fair enough. I don't think they should have to be forced to take a pay cut. If they take it, it should be off their own back off their own like they want to do it sort of thing yeah and as we've talked a bit uh, before the podcast uh, the general public consensus is that the players should take pay cuts because they earn a lot of money and I don't think that's a good way to to stand because if you take let's say the lower leagues the players earn less than the Premier League players let's say so they they earn less, but still have to pay everything they're up to: house, rent, family, car insurance, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if we go as far down as the National League, a lot of two jobs. Even the Championship, they're not on two jobs, of course. They've got enough from being in the Championship, but their wages aren't sustainable enough. They can take a big pay cut for a long period of time. Like, this is like with any person's job, but everyone just thinks, oh, that the likes of, I don't know, your Urzels and whatever, you're 300000 a week. Not everyone's like that. Some people, that's what they earn in a year. Which is a lot, especially for people at our age. If we earned that, I'm sure we'd be like over the moon. But for these people, it's not a lot to sustain if they have to take a pay cut on top of that. Yeah, even if you take some Premier League footballers, I've seen an article today that uh, Matt Longstaff uh, at Newcastle earns like £900 a week. A week? Yeah. Wow. And he's still donating 30% of it to the NHS. Honestly, themselves to following the non-playing stuff. Yeah, like they can pay all this money for a top striker, but they can't yeah. pay, I don't know, £9 an hour for a security guard or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a difficult situation for everyone. You can understand it, but back to the original point about the players, I think they're doing their bit. They shouldn't be forced to take a pay cut, and I think it was wrong that the government came out and publicly did that, like, uh, criticised the players. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, if you're going to criticise them, criticise everyone else who's got money, you know? It shouldn't just be one group of people paying for it. Everyone needs to do their bit. Yeah, 100% agree on that. So, the third topic is more about West Ham now. Uh, and the recent thing that came up Apparently, the club is considering offers for every single player. Wow. Yeah. In some way, I can see that because every player is sellable at the right price, but then also come out and say something like that. An insider coming out saying that David Moyes is basically prepared to sell any player. So basically, he won't put like a stop to any player who wants to move out. Yeah. That's a... Uh... That's a big statement to make. I mean, you can understand 
obviously the position West Ham are in, you know, they're just above the relegation zone. Of course, we don't know. They they could be so they could be safe now because there could be no season. The season if the season finishes, there is a potential they get relegated. Uh, so you can understand why he's saying that, as in for the top players like Felipe Andersons, um, mm. who will have probably bring out big money um, from some top clubs in Europe. So I think Napoli, I think they're considered yeah. a bid for him. Um, so you can understand that, but for the whole squad, like that's very unusual. Also, we've put a eighty million pound price tag on Declan Rice. So if someone wants to get him. Yeah, eighty million pounds. Obviously, there's been a lot of rumours going around that a lot of big teams are trying to. Uh, they're looking at Declan Rice. I think Chelsea have been heavily. Yeah. Um, Paul Merson came out saying that my team, Arsenal, should try and get him. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I'd want um, a player who rejected my country. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, um Yeah, there's a lot of. Um, a lot of the West Ham players could get you big money if you stayed up. Of course, if you get relegated, you'll probably be forced to sell at a low price. Um, so it's probably in West Ham's best interest the season was voided so they could get the money because I think there's a lot of players who grow frustrated at the fact that West Ham, you could argue, have underperformed this season quite a lot. And so a lot of these players, the quality they've got, they could go anywhere. And they could easily force to move out. So you can sort of understand why Moyes has allowed this, I suppose, or is allowing this. Like, it was only, what, 15-16 season that I saw you finish. It was 7th. Yeah, it was 7th. Uh, since then, it's kind of been a downward spiral, mid-table. Now 16th, you know, it's just it's been a really poor season. And for the quality of players in the squad, like, it's quite surprising. So, coming from that topic, when will West Ham compete for Europe again? I don't know. Um, it all depends on this um, potential transfer market, like when it's going to be, how it's going to work, if West Ham will have the funds. You know, if other clubs have got the funds to buy some of your players so that you can afford transfers. Um, if you can sort all that out, Maybe within the next two years, I reckon. We've been quoted to have a forty million pound budget for the summer transfer window, if it goes through, obviously. If you get like fifty of mil for just Anderson alone, and then a couple of mil here and there for some other players, yeah, got a decent budget. And if you get the right type of players in, obviously that's obviously a big issue identifying the right type of player to improve the team, not just a quality player but one who can actually improve directly if you if you get that in like I said maybe within the next two years I can see it happening obviously it takes some time to settle um, and obviously it depends on all the other teams around the league as well they all need to improve you know I think looking at Liverpool they've had a really good year but to be honest you got to look at the fact that the rest of the league have been pretty awful it's not just Liverpool being good the rest of the league has been awful Everyone needs to improve. So obviously you've got to take that into account. So competing just for a European place, maybe within the next two, two, three years, maybe. Well, for me, it's a tough one because I don't believe in mice. 
I don't believe that he has the quality anymore to bring us anywhere near top six, top seven. I don't think that's possible. Nice. Um, I think if you're going to compete for Europe, you need a manager who has the experience of a higher quality, I suppose. I mean, I know Moyes has got he's got quite a good CV and uh, yeah. he's got a lot of experience in the English game, but I just, I just don't see him... I don't know. I just don't see him having the quality to get you to where David Gold has told all you lot where you should be. Yeah. So that's like, if we keep Moyes for longer than the one and a half years, his, his contract is on right now, we might just slump into the mid-table zone for yeah. a long for a longer period. West Ham, have, they've got the, like I said earlier, they've got a lot of quality players who are just, at this point, underperforming. Maybe this time away will help them a bit to change their mindset. Um, I think you're right. I think the main point that needs to change is manager. Because I, I, I didn't really understand it when you went back to him. Like, I really don't. I, you're just going back and you're just going to have the same problems again. So I just really didn't understand it, why Moyes was employed again in the first place when last time Moise was here we've considered four goals to a Swansea team that got relegated I mean in the in the year he was in charge the first time got you 13 which is probably where you ideally not want to be next year you probably want to be a little higher but that would probably be a realistic target for next season Next year, I just want no relegation. Just, I'd be happy with with a mid-table finish. Yeah, that that'd probably be fair enough to be honest. But like I said, I think maybe it's getting the manager, possibly a younger manager with new ideas, more ambitious manager. Maybe Moyes doesn't have what it takes to push for those European places. Maybe you need a manager who's more enthusiastic about it. You know what I mean? Like maybe go into Europe for any of the managers. Since Pellegrini went, I've always wanted to see Nico Kovac come in. The ex-Frankfurt and ex-Bayern Munich. He knows how to work with Halle. When he uh, taken over Frankfurt, they were above the relegation zone, just like us right now. And in 18 months, he got a Europe, I think it was a quarterfinal. And won the German Cup with them in 18 months. That's quite, that's quite impressive, you know. Yeah, anyone like that. Because I think when you just go to the same type of manager, you're just going to have the same problems. Like, that just seems to be what West Ham are doing. They're not finding a manager who can sort out their main areas, you know, defensively, for example. Yeah. They need, they need someone who's going to actually sort those problems out directly, not just the same type of manager who's just going to go on and on. You're just going to be stuck in the same cycle. You get an ambitious manager like Kovac, then with the players you've got, you should be pushing for the European League places, at least. Yeah. So, the final topic, your Premier League team of the season. Uh, what are we going for? Like a 4-3-3 maybe? Yeah, 4-3-3. The usual. Yeah, when I whenever I do these, uh, or whenever other people do them, 
thing I've noticed is a lot of people just go with the team who win the league as their main player. In this case, we're going to present Liverpool won the league. Um, and, of course, they've had um, quality season and quality players, but there's been a lot of standouts, I think, from other teams. And that's why my first player, goalie, Dean Henderson. Yeah, I've got him written down as well. He's had an outstanding season for a team who had an outstanding year. And I, and I kind of feel sorry for them if this season does get voided. You know, they're in a, such a strong position where they are. Like, Wilde has done a really good job. And Dean Henderson's been key to that. And obviously, he's on loan from Man United. They'll definitely be taking him back next year. And I'm sure he'll get some games should he go back after his loan spell. Yeah. But right back, I, I did stick with Liverpool. I said Trent. Same thing. Um, he does get a bit of stick sometimes for um, having to take so many crosses before something actually happens. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you saw the conversation he had with the Ox. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite funny, to be honest. Um, but in all seriousness, he is a quality player, both offensively and defensively. And he's been a key part of their defence last two seasons. Um, and he, he is quality in both areas, which isn't always seen by younger players. You know, sometimes when they're so good in the attack, they neglect their defensive duties. Yeah. But I think Trent is his quality in both areas and has just been key for this great season for Liverpool. Centre-halves, I think the obvious one, Van Dijk. Yep. Um, second one, who have you gone for? Uh, I've gone for Fikayo Tomori from Chelsea. Tomori, yeah? Yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, I've gone for Sanucci. Oh, yeah. That's a good shot. But Tomori, explain that one. I wanted to go a bit more, you know, different route. Young player, breakout season. He's been great for the first half of the season as well. And himself uh, in England Cup, I think. I think in a way, the way you got to look at it, the quality he's shown at such a young age to thrown in the deep end, in a way. Like Frank Lampard said, go on, go out there and prove it. Prove your worth place in the first team and and he's done really well and I can I can understand why you've put him in there. Who's your left back then? Left back I've gone with I was stuck between either Andy Robinson, yeah the obvious choice, or Ben Chilwell. I've gone different here as well. I've gone for Ender Stevens Andy from Stevens, Sheffield. That's another good shout um I mean all three that we said there are probably the three teams who can say they've had probably the only three teams in the Premier can say they've had a good season. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, like that, not because of where they are, because obviously they're not the top three, but just because of overachieving in a way. These three have been key, of course. Um, but yeah, and the Steven J, of course, he, he plays for my country. Um, Ireland. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's been fantastic, and he's he's been key when he's played for us as well in some of the Euro qualifying matches. So 
I think that's a good shout as well. And of course, look at Chilwell. Um, probably a guaranteed starter for England. Yeah. The next year's Euros. And Andy Robinson's just been Mr. Consistent, really. Uh, Midfielders then? Uh, midfield. Um, how are we doing this? What, what are we saying? Like defensive mid and then. No, just three midfielders. Um, I say Kevin De Bruyne's got to be in there. Yep. Um, and I think Jack Grealish. Yep. And I'm gonna go with his James Madison. Oh, I've gone for Jordan Henderson instead. Jordan Henderson. Yeah. I thought you might, because uh, he has been sort of rock. Yeah. And when he's been missing for Liverpool in the recent games, they've just not looked the same. Yeah. Obviously, both games against Atletico, Watford. Yeah, I think I think when when he he is a key player. Obviously, everyone talks about Van Dijk. Yeah, Mane's Salah, but he he is a rock in front of that defense, and he he's been very good. He he takes a lot of criticism, Henderson, but people don't realize. He has a job to do, and he does it right. He might not be pretty all the time, but he does his job. Yep. I just went with Greenish and Madison just because of all the comparisons people have made. I think <laughs> them two in them two in a team together would just be absolute quality. Yeah. But I think the thing that's lacking from my midfield is defensive. Like De Bruyne, Greenish, Madison, very creative, but there's no solid base there. So I'll probably have to put Henderson in there somewhere as well. And the forwards? Um, I think I've got to stick with my boy Aubameyang. He's got to be in there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he's performing this well in a team that isn't. I'm going to say... I don't know how you'll feel about this. Raul Jimenez. I've wanted to go with him, but I've chose Jamie Vardy instead. Yeah, I think I just went with him because it'd just be something different, and he has been absolute quality this season. Yeah, another yeah, and that Wolves, another team who performed really well this year. Um, but their attack is is a quality one, like Adama Traore as well. Another one, he'd probably get a shout. I've gone with him. Oh, you actually gone with him? Yeah, Adama Traore, Jamie Jamie Vardy, and Sadio Mane. I've gone with Jimenez, Aubameyang, and who else did I go for? Uh, I went with Mane as well. Yeah, that's the first selection. We can also make shots like uh, Buendia from Norwich. Yeah. Rashford, another one. Even Danny Ings. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of big shots there in attack compared to the rest of the team, I think. Yeah. For midfielders, you, you can have a few choices. For defenders, not so much. And for the goalkeepers, it's Henderson, Allison. Yeah, maybe. Uh, even Leno. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's the argument like he's only performed this well because our defence is so shockingly bad, so he's had, just had more to do. If you actually watch the game, some of the saves he pull off some quality. Yeah. I've gone through the who scored team of the season based on statistics oh, yeah. and, and Leno is in there oh really yeah so yeah that's probably what people that's people looking at obviously defensively this year we've been bad again 
Um, we've been facing faced an unbelievable amount of shots. Crazy against some of the lower teams as well. I can't remember what game it was. I think it was against Burnley. It might have been, you know. I think they had like 20 plus shots. And some of the saves he pulled off was, you know, crazy. Like, So you can understand why he got into that team. But, um, yeah, yeah. That would probably be another shout for me, but he wouldn't be my number one. I, I, I stick with Henderson just because I think he's just been the spine of that Sheffield side who have done considerably well this year. Yep, that would be it for the first episode of the podcast. Tune in probably somewhere next week uh, for the second episode. Once again, I'm going to do a little preview on Twitter, so stay tuned on that. and. Thank you. And remember, stay at home. Thank you very much. See you later, guys. See you later.